morning, guys. Good morning, live stream and live in-person people. Uh, if you guys have been around a while, you know we do this periodically. We team teach some content, and today, let me start my timer. Um, <laughs> we're going to team teach through evangelism. We're studying through the church. That's our topic. It's been our topic for a while, and we're studying through the marks of a New Testament church. There are nine of them. And uh, we're going to hit this mark of evangelism. And for the next few weeks, uh, I'm going to be taking what we talk about today and unpack the practice of it in context. Um, and I'm going to be particularly referencing and working through a book called The Unsaved Christian by Dean and Sarah. I encourage you to go get it on how to take the gospel and do evangelism uh, in a cultural Christian climate like we live in. You're probably going to discover today as we talk through this why evangelism and doing it in Rome is so hard. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's going to be important for us. There's going to be a phone number <coughs> pop up on the screen. It's mine. Um, you can text questions to me, and I'm going to we're going to take those questions. We're going to leave time at the end to answer your questions about evangelism. And so I got the phone here ready to take those. Right. Uh, and and so uh, uh, this is Justin and Les. You guys know these these guys. And so I'm going to really introduce what we're talking about, and we're going to dialogue, and they're going to do most of the dialoguing. Um, the notes on the blog today for you are going to be helpful for you to use in your small group. Uh, there's not a ton of content there. It's basically a rough outline of what we're going to talk about, but primarily to force you to do this in your small groups as you talk through this and, more importantly, practice it. Justin has sent Radical Life Group leaders some tools for you guys to use and to practice because here's the deal. We can give you academic information, mm -hmm. and if you don't go away and do anything with it, it was worthless. Yeah. If you walk away enriched, oh, that was good in my soul today, and never share the gospel, mm. you fail, okay? And so our goal is for us to not fail. Our area is not evangelized. There are some numbers here. You can go look at them, but our area is not evangelized. I don't care what anybody says. They tell you about Rome, Georgia, don't need more churches. They do not know what they're talking about. We need a church planting movement in Rome, Georgia, that reaches the dark corners of our county, the predominant portion of population of our county is unreached with the gospel it is more muslim with a christian t-shirt on it than it is actually christian and i'll tell you why i say that next week okay and so that's the darkness of cultural christianity and so we're going to ask four questions today all right so here we go um we got 27 minutes and 39 seconds left. <laughs> and I told them I'm going to be the timekeeper today, and I'm going to move us along. So here are four questions. We're going to use the scriptures to answer. Okay, so have your Bibles ready, and we're going to be going through the scriptures to answer these questions. Okay, what is evangelism? That's question number one. Question number two is why should we evangelize? Because, by the way, if a mark of a New Testament church is what makes a church a church is that Christians who are covenant members do evangelism. If we're not doing evangelism, we cease to be a church. <clears throat> right? And so, why should we evangelize? Third, who should evangelize? And then fourth, how should we evangelize? And for the weeks after this, we're going to spend a lot of time on how. All right? We're going to really dive into practically how from the text of Scripture. So, gentlemen, first question. What is evangelism? Fire. <clears throat> All right, I'll, I'll start us. First um, Corinthians chapter two. Um, but I want to give the context really quickly here. Paul has just come from um, speaking to philosophers on Mars Hill in Athens, and he has come to the city of Corinth, having come out of not being able to reason very many people into the faith. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, 
he does this beautiful gospel presentation on Mars Hill and gets to the end, and it's when he talks about the resurrection that he gets laughed out of the room, and there's just a handful of people that come to faith there. So I think that's the context in which we see Paul come to what he says he did when he arrived in Corinth here. Chapter 2, verse 1. And when I came to you, my brothers, I did not come with wise words of knowledge, putting before you the secret of God. For I had made the decision to have knowledge of nothing among you but only of Jesus Christ on the cross. And I was with you without strength, in fear and in doubt. And in my preaching, there was no honeyed words of wisdom, but I was dependent on the power of the Spirit to make it clear to you, so that your faith might not be based on man's wisdom, but on the power of God. I think um, that is really, really significant for me. Uh, I I spent a lot of time in my youth um, studying apologetics and philosophy and just really reasoning for the faith and saw almost no fruit whatsoever. Um, and people might even say, yep, you're right, but they just had no life change. Um, and that's, I think we have to settle on the fact that, that transforming conversion to to enter into the kingdom of God has to come um, by nothing less than the power of God. Mm. And the power of God is revealed in the Son of God as he's incarnated, right. crucified, and, and raised to life. Mm. Well, defending the gospel has apologetics, yeah. fancy word, defending the gospel. I have questions apologetics still can't answer, and I will never foist sure. on you because I may hurt you with my question, mm. right? what has transformed me as I shared last week was that message yeah that's what did the changing so no amount of convincing me the right answer is going to change my heart yeah because I still have questions from a changed heart that God hasn't answered yet yeah Yeah. so evangelism is not arguing people into the faith it is not arguing people into the faith Mm -hmm. it's sharing a message of good news I think um, I forget the guy's author Uh, you put it in your notes but it's sharing the good news the message of hope with an attempt to persuade but it's not it's not an argument into the faith. Right. It's sharing the good news of hope that we have in Jesus. Yeah. Um, Max Stiles. Yeah. That's a great little book, uh, Evangelism by Max Stiles, uh, written in a global mm-hmm. context, actually, um, mm. about the corporate nature of evangelism. It's individual. We have a responsibility to share the gospel, but we're inviting them into a community mm. that values yeah. this message. So it's, it's a team effort as well as an individual effort. It's a great read. Mac Stiles, M-A-C-K Stiles, S-T-I. Elias, you should go pick that book up. It's awesome. I think one of the helpful things for me in what is evangelism is it's it's the message of good news. It's mm-hmm. not knowing what the objections are going to be. It's not some argument you have to know how to persuade in just the right way. But in in Mark chapter one, mm-hmm. when Jesus comes, he proclaims the gospel of God. Mark one fourteen, and the gospel of God is that the time is fulfilled, the kingdom is of God is at hand. So repent and believe in the gospel. And then the, the next verses, we see him go to Peter and Andrew and say, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. So it's this message of good news. It's knowing the real message, the message yeah. of truth, more than knowing what the other counterfeit messages are. Um, That's huge. 
I think what continues to blow me away about answering this question, what is evangelism? Because when we ask what is evangelism, it's predicated on the previous stuff we talked about, and mm-hmm. that is what the gospel is. Yes. Because the word evangelism is a word that comes out of the word gospel. It's, in fact, if we were doing a language thing here, evangelism is the word for gospel. It's the good news. To evangelize is to mm-hmm. good news somebody. I mean, quite literally, mm. the, it, it, the words are, are here together like this. So evangelize isn't separate from good news. Mm-hmm. And good news is a better translation of that word than gospel, and there's a reason for that. But that's not the point of our talk this morning, our time <laughs> together. However, what is evangelism? It's the, it's the simple message of the gospel. This yeah. doesn't require a degree, extensive reading or research, or being a great defender of the gospel. It just yeah. I think I said last week, and you've, you've said this to me, and I, I believe you. Your life bears this out. If I have been saved, I know enough to go share that message to someone that's right. as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that, that's the pattern in the New Testament, right? Like you see the, the Samaritan woman, like she has not gotten her life straightened out, right? Mm-hmm. She, she's still <laughs> she's married, nice. living with the wrong guy and married to another guy, and he's got all these other husbands that she hasn't reconciled with. But she comes to understand that Jesus is the Christ, mm. the son of the living God, and, right. and her savior, her personal savior, she runs back and shares with the whole village um, what she knows. Mm. And uh, that, that's the pattern in that story. And then all the other, the Philippian mm. jailer and his family, Lydia, her family, Cornelius, his family, mm. like immediately people go and they share um, with those that, they, that are in their, mm. their family, their extended uh, oikos or, or spheres of relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so good. to evangelize would be to tell this good news, to share it with people with, with the intent of them to believe it. Yeah. And right. to repent. And to repent. That transformation. It's a call. Look, there's a kingdom here. Come. Come join it. Come be a part of it. Yeah. You're inviting them, someone, to change location from one thing, one place mm-hmm. to another place. That's right. right? Yeah. And that requires an invitation, right? Yeah. It does. So what is evangelism? It's the sharing of the good news with the intent of somebody inviting them to enter it through yeah. repentance, turning to Christ and believing. Mm-hmm. Sweet. You guys need anything else, Derek? Because we got to move. We do. Okay. I, think, I think this jumps a little to the how, but it's freeing that yeah. if, if to evangelize is just to share yeah. the good news. It's not knowing... 10 steps of walking through these specific verses to get somebody to make a decision. It's, right. it's knowing the message of the gospel and being able to share that. And that's it. That's Confident that it's powerful. Yeah. And how it transformed me or you. Or yeah. All right, question number two. Why should we evangelize? Mm-hmm. Why should we evangelize? You start, you start off. So as I was thinking through this, uh, I couldn't think of anything but 2 Kings chapter 7. Um, and 2 Kings... Wait a second, time out. Old Testament? Old Testament. Justin, what are you doing? (laughs) Come on, man. So, 2 Kings chapter 7, um, the context is that Israel's surrounded by the Syrian army, and you find these four lepers that are at the entrance of the gate, and they basically look at one another and say, hey, we're dying. We're going to die. What verse are you in? Uh, Starts in verse 3. I'm going to wait and read till a little further, but just setting it up, they they decide, hey, we're going to die here at the gate. Or we can go turn ourselves in. Maybe they'll let us live and give us something to eat. And if not, they're going to kill us. So we're either going to die here, die there. Maybe we'll get some food over there, maybe not here. So dying they, with food is better than dying with no food. So right? they, so they, go, they go, and let's see, where do I pick up? Um, let's see. Verse 5. 
2 Kings 7, verse 5. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp. Uh, they came to the edge of the camp, and behold, there was no one there. The Lord had made the army hear the sound of chariots and horses, the sound of a great army. And so they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to come against us. So they fled and abandoned everything. So the lepers, verse 8, come to the edge of this camp. They eat, drink, find all this plunder. But then verse 9, they say to one another, We are not doing right. This is a day of good news. And if we're silent, punishment will overtake us. And just that idea that we have this message of good news and it's not right for us to keep it to ourselves. Could this be a Luke 24 use of 2 Kings chapter 7? I think it might you be. I think it might be. This is how we good see the, the nuances of the gospel yeah. and the whole of the Bible. That there's good yeah. news to be shared and if we keep it to ourselves, bad stuff's going to overtake us. Yeah. That's rich. And, and it's from the Old Testament, right? It's not just a New Testament thing to evangelize. Yeah. It, it's... Yeah, I mean, in, in the, good news to share. Part of the judgment against Israel is that they did not testify as they were commanded mm -hmm. to to all the nations. Yeah, um, and that's that's part of the judgment. Right, um, is right. that they did not bear witness to the glory of God. So you say um, it's, a, it's it's a biblical command. It is. Would you say it's an issue of obedience? Yeah. Is is, is good news sharing an issue of obedience? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, I mean the. You know, you will be my witnesses. Like, um, go. Like, these are these are words that are commands. Right. Um, I, I think the the other thing is that when, and this that's this that's the thing about this story that it illustrates so well is when there is something that's just good news. Um, if your team wins, you know, you're gonna talk about it. Mm. <laughs> you're not gonna sit right. there silent. Um, tweet about it. You're going to tweet about I it. I talk uh, trash about it. <laughs> there you go. Um, so we are on the winning team. Mm. We, we are members of the king of kings. We are part of his, his family, and we're part of his, his court. Mm. We are ambassadors for him. Um, and so when we... This is another subtle aspect of why we experience more fully the glory of God when we proclaim the glory of God to others. Mm -hmm. Let me say that again. We, ex we experience the glory of God more fully when we proclaim the glory of God to others. That happens in our corporate worship. Um, our hearts are just, they, they rise up within us with joy mm -hmm. as, we, as we corporately worship. But it's the same thing when we share the good news. Mm -hmm. It reminds us of this amazing truth that mm. I was dead in my trespasses, separated from God, but now I am alive because of the mercy and mm. grace of Christ and his sacrifice for me. Mm. So it's as much for my good yes. to share the gospel as it is for the Absolutely. person I'm sharing with, right? Mm. That's yeah. good. And so Second um, Corinthians 4.4, 4, um, in their case, meaning the, the case of unbelievers, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to mm. keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of God, of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves. That's really critical, what we proclaim. What the gospel that we proclaim is not ourselves. We are not people's savior. Mm. Um, 
that may seem obvious, but we can sometimes act that way when we think we need to reason someone into the kingdom. Mm, wow. But Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let the light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to flow out of us as we walk in obedience and enjoy in what we're invited to live in each day. Amen. So, so I, I think there's some bleeding over here to question number three because they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Why? I think there's, mm-hmm. a, there, there's, there's tons of biblical evidence as to why we should evangelize, but it, it necessarily leads to the third question, who mm. should evangelize? Because when we know what it is, why we should do it, so we know what it is, we know the reason, mm-hmm. right? We have a clear reason now the question is, is it for everybody? Right? Who should do this task? Because once we know what it is and that it's a command, then maybe, maybe our logic starts to be, well, that, oh, that's not for me. I'm mm. not skilled. I'm not a good mm-hmm. talker. Uh, I'm, I'm shy or I'm an introvert or all kinds of excuses. Oh, right. the setting isn't right. Mm. Ooh, they might. I mean, all these excuses, oh, they might push back against mm-hmm. me, or, or the time. And there's all kinds of reasons that start flooding in. So who should evangelize? I think one of the things I think through is uh, these marks kind of build on one another. They're not mm-hmm. isolated. Right? Right. They, right. they don't necessarily all build on top of one another, but they are all connected. So you've got the gospel that transforms people, and transform people then share the good news. That's evangelism, right? So everyone who has been transformed by the gospel has an obligation to share that good news. And let's mention the story of the woman at the well. Right? Yeah. She's the most unlikely candidate Absolutely. to be an evangelist. Right? She is living in sin. She has no, you know, she's not a Jew. And yet Jesus says, hey, this is who you are. And she goes away right. and says, let me tell you about this man who told me everything I ever knew. Right. And yeah. So she's, she's not who you would think of if you were thinking this is for a limited crowd. Right. It's for anybody who hears right. the good right. news. One of the things I want our people, to, I want you guys to always understand is that when we talk about KDSC, that's not just some fancy marketing strategy. That is the very essence of, of not just our DNA, but a tool for you to remember how to share the gospel. K, it's the good news of the kingdom of God. You dive into that. D, discipleship is hearing and obeying. Okay, So if I'm growing in Christ as a disciple and I'm learning to hear, and evangelism is an issue of obedience, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to get stuck in D, and my engagement in my domains of society is going to be hampered if I don't get past the ability to hear and obey the Lord. Mm. And if evangelism yeah. is an issue of obedience and I'm not doing it, quit talking about using my job for the sake of the kingdom. Yeah. I'm stuck over here hearing the Lord not doing what he said. Mm. I found all this plunder in a field and going, I'm going to keep that for myself. Mm. Yeah. Right? And, and that's, that's bad news. Mm. So, I mean, the answer to this is easy. So who should evangelize? Less who should evangelize? <laughs> Every believer, every follower of Christ is invited, and I I use that specifically because invited invited Mm. to participate in the honor of being an ambassador. Mm. Uh, You know, it's just, it it ought to blow us away Mm. that for whatever mysterious reason, we speak, we who, who, yell at our kids and speak lies, somehow have also this ability to speak words, mm-hmm. and those words 
go in someone's ear and seep into their heart, and with the power of the Holy Spirit, that person is no longer sitting there with a stone-cold heart, but that life, that real spiritual life starts beating in them, and they are transformed before our very eyes. Mm. Moving into glory, away from the path towards death, it, it is, it's mind-blowing mm, that yeah. we get to, to be part of God's plan in that way. Mm, and he, for whatever reason, didn't make a plan B. Mm. Like, that's right. You know, right. It's, it's, it's us. He's, he's mm. chosen his bride, his church, to fulfill his mission. Mm. Right. This, the, the, the metaphor of the body of Christ that you preached on for us not too many weeks ago is important here. And it's, I don't think it's an overstatement to say each one of us is literally the mouthpiece, the hands and the feet of the resurrected Christ. That's right. Mm-hmm. Preaching this message to people who need to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and the ambassadorial privilege, I often uh, am jealous of uh, United States ambassadors appointed to, you know, Mediterranean nations <laughs> like, you know, Italy, uh, Croatia, you know, these beautiful yeah. locations. And those are privileged appointments, and mm-hmm. boy, how cool would that be to get a, this, this, uh, this attache of protection and resources and funds and living in this amazing location? Yeah. And all of us are that. Mm. We are ambassadors of Christ. That's awesome. That's good news. It is good good news. news. That's good stuff. I think the question of who should also leads to the question of to whom. Yes. So so if if we know why, we know who's supposed to do it, who are we supposed to tell? Mm. Talk about that. Uh, I I think it's really important for us to think, okay, if, if we've, um, if we have received some, some, like earlier I was talking about good news, you know, our, our team won a football game or whatever, we're going to share that and with those closest to us. Um, we're going to share the joy. Mm. Um, so I think we need to s- first start with, with those who are in our, our household, mm. uh, those who are in our extended uh, family, those who are um, neighbors, co-workers. Uh, the biblical word for that is an all-encompassing word called oikos, um, that, that mm-hmm. sphere of those that we have economy with, that we, we interact with. Um, but there is also um, this amazing thing where God has strangers prepared mm-hmm. out there. And mm-hmm. uh, we can, you know, if we're, especially if we're, on a, if we're traveling, not as much as we used to, but if we're traveling or if we're um, just walking up and down the street, maybe God's going to have us bump into somebody in the park and we need to start up a conversation. That's good. Um, but all of that, I think the to whom um, is really, I would just encourage everyone um, this week, just write as many names um, as you can. How many people do you know? Right. Mm. Most of you will get up around 200 yeah. uh, people that you know and probably... Um, only 50 of them maybe mm. um, especially if you've been in church a long time 50 to 100 might be believers 30 seconds and we're going to move to the next topic Okay. Right. so write that list write that oikos list and then what I want you to do this week is pray and say God what are the five unbelievers on this list that you want me to share with this week mm. there you go that's solid I love it all right, last question, and then we actually have texts, and I want to get to those, and we have six minutes and 35 seconds, so let's spend a, two minutes on how. We're going to come back to how. I promise we're not going to shortchange yeah. you on how. 
All right, we're going to do that for like the next seven weeks, okay? So quickly, how? Justin, give me some of your thoughts on how. Um, so yeah, if you go to your Radical Life group tonight, this week, they have resources. You should practice, practice, do that. Um, but how is just knowing the, the narrative, knowing the meta narrative of the gospel, knowing the truth of the message, and then you can find easy ways to interject that into any conversation. You can take a conversation about a movie. You can take a conversation about, man, 2020 is a rough year. Well, yeah, why do you think it's a rough year? Yeah, the world's broken. Do you know why the world's broken? Yeah. Well, it's broken because of sin, and but God didn't leave us helpless, right? He, yeah. he sent Jesus to redeem. So you can take a lot of different conversations, especially this year. Yes, uh, it's really indeed. easy to see the brokenness around us and turn that to a, a conversation about the truth of the and gospel. The reason is all of life fits under the meta narrative of the sovereignty of yes. God and his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so everything that's happening is not divorced from his touch. And so right. you can ask all of these questions and point them back to their source in, in, in Christ. Hmm. So it's huge. It's a big deal. It's a bit less. give us your final thought on how, then we're going to jump into some questions. I think the most important thought on how is with joy. Mm. Mm. That's the most important thing. If, if we come up, and I got this really great news for you guys. This is something <laughs> I really kind of want to share with you guys. Um, what are, we, what are we saying about the king of glory who is our authority, he is our king, and he has given us the command and the privilege to step forward and say, man, this world is messed up, but I'm inviting you, come and see this amazing thing which I have found. Hmm. Um, I just would encourage each day as you wake up, just wake up with, um, with yeah. a thanksgiving heart um, for the salvation which you have received. Mm-hmm. And out of that thanksgiving, be excited about sharing that you have this treasure that you found mm-hmm. uh, in a field. Amen. Good. They, uh, first person I had the privilege of walking into the faith, uh, I, was, I was doing my best to walk around it and kind of hoping they would ask the right question. And when I finally got up the courage, and I don't know why this is an issue of courage. I swear I think it's spiritual. I it really is. think the enemy yeah. just comes at us because there's, there's nothing to fear. But I was so afraid. And when I finally got around to it, it was weeks in. This person believed the good news. And they're, you, they said to me, why didn't you tell me that from the start? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've, to this day, been, been like, i got to start with Jesus. Just mm-hmm. get yeah. there, man. Just mm-hmm. get there. Okay, we have some questions. Uh, this first question, and if we don't get to all of your questions, I will answer them tomorrow on Good News Monday and put it out in the video post for you, okay? Um, so here's the, here's the first one. Um, how is God's sovereignty important and encouraging uh, as we consider evangelism? I would say quickly, J.I. Packer and the Sovereignty of God. Go buy the book today on Amazon and read it. Answer all your questions. Mm-hmm. And the second part of that you guys hit, is it sinful to not evangelize at work if our bosses command us not to? Um, so the first part, the sovereignty of God is encouraging because my job is to share the good news. My job is not mm-hmm. to save. Yeah. So my job is to proclaim this message of hope, to be the beautiful feet that share the good news. Uh, the second part, um, can you read the question? Okay, so I would answer that with the question that Jesus answered um, when the Pharisees came and said to him, um, "Who should we pay our taxes? Um, and he said, pick up a coin whose image is on that coin. Mm-hmm. And they're like Caesar's. That stamp on there, that image of Caesar means that that goes to Caesar. Hmm. 
But then the second question, which is inferred there, is you are stamped in the image of, of God. Mm. Therefore, that is your life is God's. Um, your time at work um, is, your, is your boss's. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. you, you need to find ways to be Christ in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. To, um, to, to cry out blessing on people, yeah. um, to pray for people. Um, mm. I love it. Here's one of my favorite people on the planet asked this question. They said, uh, can you speak to the idea of evangelism being a gift that some people have? Uh, and conversely, the call that all have to evangelize whether they feel gifted or not. What does it mean for someone who doesn't feel gifted in evangelism to be faithful with what it does mean for someone who does feel gifted and faithfully press into their gift? So what about the idea that it's not my gift? I have a one-word answer for that, but I'll let you guys. I feel that. It's not my gift. It's good for me to be around people um, like Ben Umberger, who it is his gift, who I hang out with regularly. And I can can watch him share uh-huh. the gospel with somebody and yeah. learn how to do that better um, but it doesn't absolve me of my responsibility to proclaim the good news yeah yeah I, Paul says to Timothy who it's very evident if you look Timothy is more of a, a, a pastor and an apostle um, he's not an evangelist but Paul says to him do the work mm. of an evangelist so even though his gifting is is in another sphere of kingdom work he's not absolved from doing the work of evangelism. Um, and I, I do agree with you. I mean, it's amazing to be around somebody who does have the gift of evangelism. Yeah. All right, last question. And those we didn't get to, we will answer tomorrow. So if we have this amazing joy to carry this message and believe and agree with all these things you're sharing, all right, we believe everything you're saying, we agree, but we have this joy to carry it. What are the words that need to be included when I share, like hope, mm-hmm. invitation? How do I... What do I? What, what what language do I use? I think the language is related to the context, um, and that's obviously somebody who's lived in multiple countries across the world. That's important in the w- for me um, yeah. in understanding that. But I think we have to understand what's this person, um, what's going to speak to this person. That's good. And that means that in the process of evangelism, we actually have to listen to what the other mm-hmm. person's going through. Um, and then say, this is, this is Christ for you. Um, and it needs to get to Christ, it needs to get to the hope of the resurrection, and it needs to call for repentance. Those are the three things that are just pretty critical to every, um, every message of, um, of evangelism. Yeah. 30 seconds. Uh, I would echo that and just say brokenness, starting with we're broken, we need to be saved from something, to yeah. something. And... Um, yeah, Christ, resurrection. Yeah, I think context. Belief. Context is everything. Uh, just and by the way, don't hear when I say context that this is some mm. great skill you have to go learn. You all do it innately. Yes, mm-hmm. you know how to be in context because you're alive right now. <laughs> and if you didn't know how to be in context, you'd all be dead by now, because you wouldn't have known how to get out of a thunderstorm. And for me, that didn't matter. I still got struck by lightning. (laughs) However, however, you all know context. You do it innately. It's just applying context to the moment and Mm. recognizing where you are and who you are and what needs to be said. Mm. We'll close with this just, uh, and we'll go like two minutes over, but that's not bad because I'm normally like 20 minutes over. Acts 16, 
or Acts uh, 17, verse 16 to, to 18, Paul's in Athens, and Paul was waiting for them in Athens. His spirit was provoked within him when he saw the city was full of idols. There's a sense in our, our good newsing that there's a provocation of our soul when we feel lostness. Hmm. If we're not provoked in our soul, you've got to wonder whether or not our heart has really believed this message and taken us yeah. from darkness to light. So he was provoked. Uh, he saw the idolatry, so he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and devout persons in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. So he reasoned. He was out reasoning, but he's going to tell you in a moment what he was reasoning with. He wasn't just using logic. He was out in the marketplace, so he was publicly there. So there has to be a sense in which we need to be in the public where people who aren't Christians are. Mm. And then these philosophers were conversing with him, and some said... What does this babbler wish to say? Others said he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities. I love how people who aren't Christians speak about our message. That just intrigues me. And why? Because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. Mm. He was, they heard foreign divinities and there's this philosophy coming out. And he was preaching Jesus and he got up. Mm. And you can know him and get up too. And, yeah. and that's what he did because he was provoked. Mm. And so three rivers, get after it. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. You're going to say the wrong thing. It's okay. Mm. It's okay. Read J.I. Packer in The Sovereignty of God and Evangelism. It will encourage you about getting after it tomorrow morning and this afternoon. Uh, we're going to get to your questions. Guys, thank you for your time. I know yeah. I know us well enough to know we feel like we have just scratched the surface yes. and cheated everybody out of good yes. teaching because we're stopping. But, but we're going to dive into this deeper and more. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to respond to the Lord in worship. Father, we thank you for your word that is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. That you've given us enough this morning to know the mandate, the call, our identity, what we should say, what we should do, and how we should do it. So we pray today, Holy Spirit, that you would give us courage, courage to overcome the spiritual barriers that want to try to keep us from obedience. Would you do that in us? And we pray for our city that you would go before us, make a way, open eyes and, and to see and ears to hear so that when we tell this good news, it would land on good soil and that you would bring good crops from the proclamation of the good news. Thank you for your gospel to us. And we pray you be glorified in our response of worship. We pray in Jesus' name.